الحمد لله الحمد لله الذي هدانا سبلنا وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله قل اللهم مالك الملك تؤتي الملك من تشاء وتنزع الملك ممن تشاء وتعز من تشاء وتذل من تشاء بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء قدير وأشهد أن سيدنا وهادينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم عبده ورسوله وما كان الله ليعذبهم وأنت فيهم وما كان الله معذبهم وهم يستغفرون من يطع الله ورسوله وأولي الأمر من المؤمنين فلا مضل له ومن يعص الله ورسوله وأولي الأمر من المؤمنين فلا هادي له اللهم اجعلنا من الذين يستمعون القول فيتبعون أحسنه أما بعد أيها المؤمنون This week is an important week on the Islamic calendar even though it is a solar week in which the 41 years ago the Islamic revolutionary change in Iran took place and it's been 41 years time passes by it seems like 41 years were just a short while a very short while ago and this is a reminder of the meaning of the short surah wal asr by the fact that time is running out that's what al asr means by the fact that time is running out throughout all of these years and especially in the past maybe few years you could observe in the psychology of those who are within the obligations and the responsibilities of this successful Islamic effort you could observe four features these four features can be summarized in four words or so 
The first one is fear. Some people, part of our human nature, we fear. We're afraid. The other one is, this is a fear of the, of the known, what you know. Gigantic militaries, uh, military bases all around the place, nuclear threats, all of these, these things we know. And then there's a fear of the unknown. What if they can do this? What if this other thing happens? What if we didn't calculate correctly? The fear of the unknown. And then there are conspiracies. The fear of conspiracies. Plots and schemes. Some of them obvious, some of them not. And then there is the type of gravity towards this world. Everyone is so concerned about having a dreamlike life. It's not necessary. So here we have them. I just expressed them in the English language, which is the lingua franca of the attendees. In the we now we go to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Take these four psychological and mental attitudes and realities and we visit what Allah Jalla wa'ala says to us about this. These words are Al-Khawf, Al-Gham, Al-Makr, and Talab al-Dunya wa That's it. Okay. So what does Allah in his manual, so to speak, to us, the guiding Quran, what does he say about this? And I think it behooves us to visit these meanings as they were explained by Imam Ja'far al-Sadiq. On the first issue, the issue of fear, those who fear, especially the military, the issue of military fear. He says, عَجِبْتُ لِمَنْ خَافْ وَلَمْ يَفْزَعْ إِلَىٰ قَوْلِ اللَّهِ سُبْحَانَهِ حَسْبُنَ اللَّهُ وَنِعْمَ الْوَكِيلِ this is a phrase, it's an ayah, it's in an ayah in the Qur'an, and it's a phrase that many Muslims use when they find that they are, the odds are against them. Allah wa ni'mal wakil. Imam Ja'far al-Sadiq is saying, 
I am surprised of that person who fears, who's afraid, who's scared, who's, who may even be terrorized. عَجِبْتُ لِمَنْ وَلَمْ يَفْزَعْ إِلَىٰ قَوْلِ اللَّهِ تَعَالَىٰ And he doesn't take solace and refuge in what Allah is saying, and that is, حَسْبُنَ اللَّهُ وَنِعْمَ الْوَكِيلِ فَإِنِّي سَمِعْتُ اللَّهَ بِعَقِبِهَا يَقُولِ فَانْقَلَبُوا بِنِعْمَةٍ مِّنَ اللَّهِ وَفَضْلٍ لَمْ يَمْسَسْهُمْ سُوءٍ Imam Ja'far al-Sadiq says, for I have heard Allah say what is to follow, what is to follow has what is to follow Hasbunallah wa ni'mal wakil. What is what follows? Fanqalabu bi ni'matin minallahi wa fadlin lam yam sashum su. The result of them having this relationship of confidence with Allah and saying what He, not saying just by words, when committed Muslims say things, what they say follows their actions. It's not like today's world. You say things and there's no actions, or you say things and your actions are postponed or delayed, or even partial. No, no. We do first and, and what, what we say follows. فَإِنِّي سَمَعْتُ اللَّهَ بِعَقِبِهَا يَقُولُ فَانْقَلَبُوا بِنِعْمَةٍ مِّنَ اللَّهِ وَفَضْلٍ لَمْ يَمْسَسْهُمْ سُوءٍ And the ayah in the Qur'an speaks this this meaning here is located in the ayah in the Qur'an in which the Muslims, the pioneering Muslims of the Prophet's time, they felt that they were outnumbered, that they were outgunned, they were out everything, and they were just a small force. الذين قال لهم الناس إن الناس قد جمعوا لكم فخشوهم فزادهم إيمانا وقالوا حسبنا الله ونعم الوكيل فانقلبوا بنعمة من الله وفضل لم يمسسهم سوء. The result was a blessing from Allah and a bonus from Allah and they were not harmed with the type of crises that they thought would happen. That's number one, the khawf, the fear that we are living with now among some individuals around, especially those who are given responsibilities. And then Imam al-Sadiq says, وَعَجِبْتُ لِمَنِ and I am astonished or surprised concerning a person who fears the unknown. Al-gham 
is the fear of something you don't know. You something you may imagine, something you may calculate may happen, but you don't know where it's going to come from, how it's going to happen, what is it? It's the fear of the unknown. So he says, وَعَجِبْتُ لِمَنِ وَلَمْ يَفْزَعْ إِلَىٰ قَوْلِ اللَّهِ And he doesn't take solace and refuge in what Allah says when he says, لَا إِلَٰهَ إِلَّا There is no authority and power except you, Allah. Subhanaka inni kuntu min al-zalimin. Exalted are you. This attitude of mine has done injustice. The fear of the unknown. So what what comes after that? Al-Imam says, فَإِنِّي سَمِعْتُ اللَّهَ بِعَقِبِهَا يَقُولُ I hear, heard Allah saying in what follows, فَاسْتَجَبْنَا لَهُ وَنَجَّيْنَاهُ مِنَ الْغَمِّ وَكَذَلِكَ نُنْجِي الْمُؤْمِنِينَ This was one of Allah's prophets. So if one of Allah's prophets is subject to this type of deficiency and it doesn't take away from their asma, it doesn't take away from their status, from their prophethood and from Allah's choice of them. Some people think that if, if Allah is identifying human nature in a prophet, somehow something's wrong with that prophet because it's a violation of a asma according to their definition of it. And we, anyone who reads the Qur'an knows that is not applicable. فَاسْتَجَبْنَا لَهُ وَنَجَّيْنَاهُ مِنَ الْغَمِّ وَكَذَلِكَ نُنْجِي الْمُؤْمِنِينَ After a person fears the unknown, and he realizes what he has done to himself. He says, "La ilaha illa anta subhanak. Inni kuntu min al-zalimin. Fastajabna la, wa najjinahu min al-gham. We we responded to him, and we rescued him from the unknown fear that was bothering him. And it is in this fashion that we rescue committed Muslims." I think this is something that has to be contemplated and thought about very carefully. And then we come to conspiracies. You know, some people fear that there's conspiracies around. People are thinking about how to undermine this effort, how to have it collapse, how to assault it from outside and from inside. All of these are happening. Imam Jafar al-Sadiq says وَعَجِبْتُ لِمَنْ مُكِرَ بِهِ I'm surprised about a person 
who is a subject of a conspiracy it could be a person it could be another entity it could be an organization it could be a government ولم يفزع إلى قول الله and he doesn't take solace and refuge in Allah's statement that says وأفوض أمري إلى الله إن الله بصير بالعباد I refer my affair there's a conspiracy and I'm the target of that conspiracy and so this is the affair that I am referring to Allah وأفوض أمري إلى الله إن الله بصير بالعباد and then the Imam says, فَإِنِّي سَمَعْتُ اللَّهَ يَقُولُ بِعَقِبِهَا فَوَقَاهُ اللَّهُ سَيِّئَاتِ مَا مَكَرُوا وَحَاقَ بِآلِ فِرْعَوْنَ سُوءُ الْعَذَابِ Allah spared him the negatives of all of their conspiracy. And then the suffering encircled the affiliates of the Pharaoh. And then we come to the fourth psychological and mental elements that are mentioned here. There should be some guideline, but you you can you can listen to these ayat. The comments on these ayat and then look at the world around you we're not speaking here in a vacuum we're not dreaming this is not we're not sleeping brothers and sisters we're alive these meanings relate to real issues in life to real people that you know the fourth one is those who are attracted to the magnets of the materialistic world. So he says, وَعَجِبْتُ لِمَنْ طَلَبَ الدُّنْيَا وَزِينَتَهَا Imam Jafar al-Sadiq is saying, I'm surprised about those individuals who are in pursuit of the materialistic world and its attractions. كَيْفَ لَا يَفْزَعْ إِلَىٰ قَوْلِ How doesn't he find solace and refuge in what Allah is saying. What does Allah say? مَا شَاءَ اللَّهِ لَا قُوَّةَ إِلَّا بِاللَّهِ This is in reference to those two individuals mentioned in Surah Al-Kahf. One of them was a rich person who had what materialistic people have, wealth, riches, Assets, wherewithals, etc. And another person who is poor, doesn't have much. They come together. There's a dialogue between them. At the end of that dialogue, the person doesn't have anything, says, ما شاء الله لا قوة إلا بالله what we are talking about is the will of Allah. Okay, you have what you have, and I have what I don't, and I don't have what I don't, what I don't have. 
فإني الإمام الصادق says فإني سمعت الله يقول بعقبها I listen to Allah who says what follows فعسى ربي أن يؤتيني خيرا من جنتك my expectation and hope is that Allah will give me something better than your estate your agricultural expansive land and everything you are taking pride of in this world four elements once again الخوف الغم المكر طلب الدنيا وزينتها The Islamic revolution that took place in Iran these are the threats that it faces it's not the materialistic world it's the psychological world the psychology that different types of people have different types of weaknesses and these weaknesses are haunting some of these officials it's not just a- a- average people it's also uh, obviously it is taking its course among average people also so this is a time for renewal 41 years and the cracks are beginning to show the best way to deal with this is to return and ref- to return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala his prophet and the imams and reference yourself in that context don't give me this oh what's going to happen we're going to lose a, a, a walls we're going to lose some stones we're going to lose some dirt what happened this is what happened Hopefully, hopefully, maybe, insha'Allah, these reminders and these referrals to Allah Jalla wa'ala will be enough for those who are on these diversionary courses to check themselves and to correct their direction and to continue with this devotion to Allah and if there's going to be some side effects to that and they will be minor it is mashallah la quwwata illa billah it is allah's will and there is no power except the power that comes from allah just a a brief comment here i know it's cold just a brief comment before we go to the second khutbah. Al-Imam Jafar al-Sadiq, in, in his phrasing of this, he says, Inni Allah. I heard Allah. In today's world, when someone is reading the Qur'an, is Allah's words. When someone is reciting the Qur'an, most of us listen to the reciter we listen to the voice we don't listen to Allah 
and we don't listen to the meaning. These are two different things. Unfortunately, we are paying the price because we are more attract we are more attracted to the person and his voice than we are attracted to Allah and his meanings. أقول قولي هذا وأستغفر الله لي ولكم ودعوه سبحانه وأنتم على يقين بالإجابة الحمد لله الذي هدى صلى الله وسلم على سيدنا المصطفى وعلى آله وصحبه أولي النهى والتقى Dear brothers and sisters, dear committed Muslims here and wherever you are I don't know how it has happened that we fail to see a continuum of events that happened in the past that have their relationship to events that are happening today. It's a major failure on the part of many of us. You may have noticed in this second khutbah for many years now the thrust is to have an understanding that the rulers in the Arabian Peninsula are illegitimate rulers. And every gesture, every venture to normalize with illegitimate rulers will wind up with illegitimacy affecting those who are doing it. In the past weeks, days and weeks has been voices from within the context of those who should know better, those who identify with an Islamic base in Iran. Uh, we are anxious to normalize our relations or reach an understanding with the rulers especially in Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates it's this what type of talk is this let us shed more light if more light is needed on the let us try to further provide information to delegitimize the rulers in Arabia. What are they doing? What have they done in the past week? Okay, let's take a look at, at those family members who are ruling over the land of the Prophet and the land of the Quran and the land of Islam and the land of prophets and virtuous men of Allah. There's a Saudi ship 
that is trying to load arms, weapons, it has called in the past few days on a port in France, in Cherbourg. And they want the authorities there to load that ship with arms and munitions and weapons so that they can take that and kill innocent people in Yemen. This was a live issue among some conscientious Europeans. The Saudis tried to do that last year. And the protests against them were so significant that the those who were supposed to load the ship did not load the ship. We don't know whether this is going to happen today or tomorrow or whenever. But look at the the almost negligible and almost ignorant state of mind that the Muslims are in. The Saudis want the Saudi officials want to do this hiding from public opinion. There should be a talking point among Muslims. Amnesty International points to Saudi Arabia that it is using secret courts to get away with stifling and smothering and gagging individuals who are opposed to it within its own country. That's Amnesty International. We can't have a consciousness among Muslims who, who have it within them to say to the Saudis, what are you doing? Prohibiting individuals who are critical of your policies. This has been going on for years now. And silence. Oh, we can expect silence from the Israelis. We can't expect that from committed Muslims to cover up for these Saudi political criminals. In the past few days, since the last, the last khutbah, four individuals were apprehended or arrested in Denmark and Holland. Three in Denmark and one in Holland. It turned out that they were spying these individuals are from southern Iran, the area called Al-Ahwaz. And they were basically agents and mercenaries for the Saudis. And the Saudi ambassadors got summoned by the foreign ministries of these countries. And we don't know what happened from there onwards. Another attempt to try to have the Saudis get away with their criminal attitude and policies. The Organization of Islamic Cooperation, the OIC, had a, an emergency summit or meeting in Jeddah. 
I think it was in Jeddah. In Saudi Arabia. And they excluded the Islamic Republic of Iran. The same the same government or administration to be more accurate, the same administration who has some of its members extending their hand of understanding and some type of maybe normalizing of relations and this is this is what they get it's as if the Saudis are slapping them in the face yeah say say it more how much more do you want to give up how much this it all goes back to the psychology which I mentioned in the first khutbah you can trace all of this to those four elements psychological elements and then we have in the Hebrew press the Hebrew press has more courage in it even though they are they are scared to death but they have more courage in them to speak about what's going on behind the scenes there are frantic efforts right now especially by the State Department here in Washington DC to have MBS Muhammad bin Salman meet with Netanyahu and they are trying to organize this meeting to take place in Cairo and they want other dummy politicians to join them so there are they're taking the pulse in the following countries Oman the United Arab Emirates Sudan and of course Egypt because it's gonna, it's gonna take place in Egypt they're having some difficulties with Jordan because Jordan is having difficulties with the Palestinian Authority and the Palestinian Authority now is under pressure from its own constituents the Palestinians in the West Bank and Gaza then there are right now the Israelis are selling the Saudi Arabians weapons and that's for starters because they want to increase the selling of their weapons to the other sheikhdoms in the Gulf area to Bahrain to the Emirat to Qatar to Oman yeah, open up the market let us sell make profits as is their nature has been all along the International Monetary Fund just came out and said that if things continue the way they are because the price of oil is dropping and much of the car manufacturing industry is going in an electric direction instead of in a gas direction more electric cars are going to come out than gasoline guzzling cars uh, 
So if this continue, if this trend continues by the year 2034, that's another 14 years from now, these petrostates are going to be bankrupt. These are not the exact words, but that's what it means. And that comes from the IMF. And then we have the Saudis have a system called kafala, which roughly means sponsorship. If someone wants to go to Saudi Arabia, he needs a sponsor. Of course, if you're not a tourist, a tourist is something else. You go, you tour, you come back. But if you're going for living there or for working there or for some other, you need someone to sponsor you. There's been words under the grapevine that they are going to do away with that system. That system is what? It's a slavery system. They have, they get slaves. I'm sorry to say this. The truth sometimes is brutal. They get slaves from the Philippines, from Bangladesh, from Pakistan, from India, from Nigeria, from Egypt, from Ethiopia, from all over the place. And they treat them just like the the Saudi ruling family treats its population like slaves. Its population treats the labor force that comes from different parts of the world like slaves. They need permission to leave the house, to go somewhere, etc. With, uh, it, it's this this regime is not living in the real world. In the real world, someone wants to go to a country, you get a visa. You want a job, you apply for a job, you get a job, and you go by the rules and regulations of the country and the organization you're working for. What's this slave system all about? And then, in the Arabian Peninsula, we go to Kuwait. In the past couple of days, the Kuwaitis, the Kuwaiti health authorities identified 42 individuals in their Ministry of Defense that have AIDS. That's quite a number. And in, of all places, the Ministry of Defense, and it breaks down to seven of them from the National Guard, 21 of them from the army and 14 of them from the, from the interior ministry what is this in a muslim country something like this and this is the only what they have came out public with publicly with what's the real number what's the real condition you can take it from there also in kuwait from kuwait a Kuwaiti in Morocco rapes a young girl. He's taken this was some months ago. He's taken to court and then by interference of the Kuwaiti embassy, he's released. Of course, he paid some money and they released him and he's gone. Look at the difference between those who left the Arabian Peninsula 14 centuries ago and went to exactly that part of the world, North Africa, and look at them today, 
when they leave the Arabian Peninsula and go to other parts of the world, how they behave. Then we have what happened in the past week. One of these generals in Sudan meets with Netanyahu in Uganda. And now the talk of the town is that there's going to be a normalization of relations between Sudan and Israel. And today after Jumu'ah prayers in Al-Khartoum, demonstrations were all over the place. And we probably can expect more of this in the coming weeks and months. And then we have Morocco going to the Israelis, Moroccan officials, contacting Israeli officials to convince the United States that the disputed Sahara area belongs to Morocco. Look at this. See, this is, this is the real world. The foreign minister of Morocco said, expressed something out loud last week and it caused an uproar in the country. He said, we should not be more Palestinian than the Palestinians themselves. He, what he meant by that is, if the Palestinian Authority is speaking to the Israelis, then the Moroccan government should be speaking to the Israelis. We are not more Palestinian than the Palestinians themselves. See the capitulation? This is an advanced stage. These diplomats and these politicians and officials are way ahead of the baby politicians in the Islamic Republic of Iran who are just beginning to make noises to the effect that if they continue down this road, 10, 20, 30 years, they'll be acting just like these officials that we are talking about now. And then there's an Islamic person in the colonized, in colonized Palestine. His name is Ra'at Salah. He's a major and main figure in the Islamic movement there. He's been under what you can call house arrest. He was arrested a couple of years ago, put in prison, solitary confinement, released. He's at home under house arrest. And then they say on Monday, they are going to pass a final judgment against him. Today, there were buses of Muslims going to Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa from different areas and the criminal Zionist Israeli army forbid them to proceed to pray in Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa. And finally, one of the figures that came along this week is the United States spent $2 trillion in its involvement in Iraq. $2 trillion. It spent it through the basically maybe 90 to 95% of it through the Pentagon, the military, bombs, weapons to kill. And now they want to divide Iraq. The behind the scenes discussions is 
to carve out Iraq now. You know, I don't have to cover this territory with you. The sectarian tensions are high. Maybe I'm going to leave that to a khutbah to speak to you about the sectarian tensions that are in that part of the world. It is poison. Sunni sectarian poison and Shi'i sectarian poison. So another two trillion. Imagine if the United States spent two trillion dollars on the welfare and well-being of those people. But it's not within the nature of a shaitan to do such a thing. What else do do you do you want, or what else could you expect? Allahumma arina al-haqqa haqqan warzuqna tibaa. وَأَرِنَا الْبَاطِلَ بَاطِلًا وَارْزُقْنَا اجْتِنَابَهُ وَلَا تَجْعَلْهُ مُلْتَبِسًا عَلَيْنَا وَاجْعَلْنَا لِلْمُتَّقِينَ إِمَامًا رَبَّنَا لَا تُؤَاخِذْنَا إِنْ نَسِيْنَا أَوْ أَخْطَأْنَا رَبَّنَا وَلَا تَحْمِلْ عَلَيْنَا إِصْرًا كَمَا حَمَلْتَهُ عَلَى الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِنَا ربنا ولا تحملنا ما لا طاقة لنا به واعف عنا واغفر لنا وارحمنا أنت مولانا فانصرنا على القوم الكافرين إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد وآل محمد وبارك على محمد وآل محمد بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والعصر إن الإنسان لفي خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر ومن أظلم ممن منع مساجد الله أن يذكر فيها اسمه وسعى في خرابها أولئك ما كان لهم أن يدخلوها إلا خائفين لهم في الدنيا خزي ولهم في الآخرة عذاب عظيم وأقم الصلاة
take it off. Hold.